Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 2. DraftKings picks, positional previews. You want to go to a particular position. You jump to the time codes. You find everything right there. I do want to let everyone know the Pat Mayo Experience rake-free DraftKings Listeners League is up. It's running. It's $15 to enter. Three max entry over $60,000 in guaranteed rake-free money. That's a contest. You want to play in very, I, I mean, I helped out with the structuring of the actual payout. So it's like 5k to first prize, but it's not like 5k to first prize and a hundred for a second. No, very flat payouts across the board. You min cash, you get double your money back. It's an excellent tournament. Everyone should go play in it. Uh, it's still like, I'm like, 75% unfilled right now. So if we don't fill it up, they're just going to scale it back. And this is not, they're giving away free money here. So this is a tournament you have to go play in. The link is in the description of this podcast and video. Go play in that. This is taking the place of the Pat Mayo Experience Golf Listeners League for the remainder of the year. And then golf will return in the new season and we'll have that back up and running as well. But rake free money. You really can't overlook that. Also, I do want to let everyone know, although it is week two, there was a lot of big scores out there. Drew Dinkmeyer was on the show last Last week and what do you do he got the pat mayo experience bump 100k using the daily roto system so if you want to get in on daily roto and all the optimization all the, well you can get on the optimizer the lineup builder all the strategy articles for every single slate that's out there in dfs use the promo code the pme get yourself 10 percent off and well he didn't win $100,000. He might want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars by smashing the like button for this video, leaving your DraftKings handle in the comment section and telling me your favorite you know, value on the DraftKings main slate. This is main slate only stuff. But while he didn't win 100K, Davis Maddock is here from DailyRoto.com. But you also had a good week. Yeah, very good week. Uh, you know, uh, got got bailed out in cash by the San Francisco 49ers defense. Had a lot of Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup in tournaments. So so things went well for me week one. I'm not, you know, I'm not, to, I don't have to start uh, a Kickstarter to get money to uh, fund my DraftKings account at this point in time. I do. I'll, I'll take anyone's money and I'll lose it on DraftKings. That's what I do. <laughs> I mean, you know, good for you. At least you're not paying rake in your own tournament, though. So you're saving like a little bit of money. And that, you know, that's a positive. Well, I like to think that it's beyond rake free because I play in it and I'm so incredibly bad that it's my 45 bucks. They're just dead money in the pool anyway. So it's like it's like reverse rake. Yeah, you're you're actually creating even more. You're you're really guaranteeing overlay by entering your three entries in the tournament as well. Yeah, I mean, if you can get in there too, maybe we can jack that up. Then maybe you can win one of them, but two of your lineups will definitely be dead, right? Oh, I mean, like at least one of them is going to have Kyler against Baltimore this week. So if you want to play against a contest that you know for sure is going to have a Kyler Murray Christian Kirk stack against the Baltimore Ravens defense. Enter into the PME rake-free DFS contest this week, and you will play against at least one of those lineups. Baltimore is going to win that game like 39 nothing. by the way. I, I am definitely on uh, Arizona in the points. but uh, and, and, you, so, know who, you know who is? Everyone else. Really? Yeah. You, you think that's – I see, I think the other – I think the Baltimore side is the, is the public side for sure. See, I don't think so at all. Every – I mean, this could just be a very bubbly type situation, but I've talked to probably eight people, and I keep asking them, like, what do you think the best spread of the week? It's like, oh, Arizona's definitely going to cover the 13 and a half. It's like Baltimore beats up on bad teams, and Arizona's not good. 
I mean, Arizona, Arizona is not good, but I, I think we are going to see some garbage time magic from Kyler this year, you know, very similar to the 2017 Bortles season. I think he's really going to make some magic happen down 30 points. Yeah, I mean, that that is potentially on the table. But I mean, if you had to, I know the price difference is gigantic, but, you know, if you went Lamar or Kyler, like Lamar is more of the lock to have the better game here. Let's let's be real. Oh, Lamar, the- Lamar, is like, Lamar is like breaking our projections at DailyRoto.com. Like Leone opened up our first run of projections and is just like, I don't even know what to do with this because we already had him projected as, you know, such a good rusher. And then, you know, every game we add their efficiency baselines into what their baselines were before. And when you have a perfect, passer rating and five touchdowns on 20 passes uh you know that that can mess with your baselines well there's we'll get to quarterbacks eventually again time codes if you don't care about any of this shit but there are some pretty good values at the quarterback position that i think you probably do want to exploit this week before we do that though uh the ranking show with Lee is already out it didn't touch on the antonio brown stuff because we recorded it before neither did the pick show which is out right now uh you can go check those and i'm trying to davis i'm trying to get to 15 million downloads for the year and I need everyone's help out there. So one way you can do that is just make sure that there's reviews on iTunes. I'm giving away 20 DK bucks for that as well. Five-star review. Make sure to subscribe to it as well. Five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, doesn't matter where it is, Podbean, wherever you listen to the show, leave a five-star review, and boom, you're in the draw for 20 DK bucks. But what other people need to do is if, you know, if there's a show, if like the golf show is out, for example, I'm still doing DraftKings golf. You don't give a shit about golf? Download that show anyway on your iTunes and then just delete it. You don't have to listen to it. I need them downloads. What do you think the over-under chance for me getting to 15 million downloads is? I mean, I have no idea what your download numbers are like, but I, I believe in you. And I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, of the Pat Mayo experience. I subscribe to the show. I'm helping the download numbers. So I want to say that you are a lock to get over, Pat. I like that. I'm glad it's you saying it, not Cust. And I did want to bring this up with you because Cust had a really egregious take. That's not anything oh, no. new. But this one could be specific to you. Uh, we, were talking about, no. we were talking about barbecue on the Spread Pick show. Uh, And he said that Kansas City barbecue is trash. And the reason he says this is because he bought Heinz Kansas City barbecue sauce and didn't like it. I mean, that would be like saying that uh, that poutine is bad because you got poutine at a a gas station in Carolina and you didn't like it or something. It's just so egregious. Kansas City barbecue is and and it's not even close. It destroys Texas barbecue. Uh, St. Louis barbecue, not nearly as good. Carolina barbecue, I mean, don't even get me started. It's just like pouring vinegar on a hot dog. I, from what I can tell in the places that I've been, I haven't been to St. I haven't been to Kansas City. I've been to St. Louis. I enjoyed their barbecue a lot. Memphis barbecue was like top notch. Memphis barbecue, Memphis barbecue is pretty good. Kansas City barbecue is my favorite though, just because I grew up eating that style it's it's like super smoky and uh, very tangy it's i i cannot believe cuss would say that i mean i guess i would <laughs> since he has the wrong take on literally everything but uh but yeah I, I mean kansas city barbecue is the best do you know what he said was the best barbecue oh i bet something horrible like i i don't i literally couldn't even wager a guess brooklyn barbecue See, no, I was going to say Brooklyn barbecue clearly is the worst, but I thought Cust would be against that because he doesn't like millennial stuff. Well, it turns out he's more of a millennial than, you know, just his age. He, he really gets into that hipster lifestyle. So I guess he's well, all you know, you know, another thing, and I've been meaning to tweet about this, but his like love for Diet Coke is the most millennial thing. You know what? The, you know what? Millennials love to drink Diet Coke. 
I drink like five Diet Cokes a week. Everyone I know, Diet Coke is the only soda they drink. Yeah, but he gets really triggered about like the different flavors of Diet Coke. He hates those. He likes original Diet Coke. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's all, you know, it's all just cancer in a can. So it doesn't like, you know, it really doesn't matter. But he really is much more of a millennial than he would ever let on. No, of course. I mean, the, the fact that he is born and is the age of a millennial just didn't set off any warning signs to him. It's his actual lifestyle. Anyway, enough of this. Let's get into the actual positions. We'll start at running back and we'll go to the very top of the board. Guess who it is at the very top of the board, Davis? Wager a guess. You may have looked at this. Uh, yeah, I've looked and, and it's Saquon Barkley, but, I, but I'll be honest. I don't think he's going to be a dude. I I'm owning a ton of this week. Probably, uh, New York just looks so bad. They, they look so bad that I think they may be legitimately in non-competitive games at home against other bad teams. Like I, I, I think there is a chance that at some point they're trailing by over two touchdowns in this game. I mean, he's going to project really well. Uh, you know, of course, he is projected for uh, the most points of any running back, you know, significantly on DailyRoto.com. But I, I think I just straight up prefer Kamara. Yeah, I mean, you could even go to Zeke, too, against Washington, knowing that this game and it's only a four and a half point spread. So you would think that the game is going to be a little bit closer. Therefore, he's not yanked in the second half because they're just up by too much. I don't know if the Giants can get out or get behind too much to the Bills. I made the Bills my super lock. I think they cover the one and a half. I, I think the Bills are in the running to have the best defense in the league. But uh, Berkeley just puts up points every single week. It doesn't matter who it's against. And Josh Allen will keep the Giants in this game some way, somehow. That's going to happen. So that's, that's definitely true. I, I guess the thing I would say about Barkley is, so his volume projection is going to be, it's just going to be really volatile. So I think his range of outcomes is kind of wider than Elliott, than Kamara, even than Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, maybe even, maybe even Todd Gurley's volume is a little bit more stable just because... I mean, for like, this is the worst Giants team of the last 20 years. Like, it's crazy how bad they are. They, they got absolutely boat raced in, in week one. If we go through the entire top 10 in pricing, it's Berkeley. This is for the main slate only people. Remember that. So if you ask Trigger, me about, people are triggered. If, you, if you ask me about where's the Monday night guys in this game, like you're a fucking moron. Just figure this shit out. It's the same shit every week. Makes me very upset, Davis. Barkley, 9,200. Elliott, 87. Kamara, 82. Dalvin Cook, 72. David Johnson, 71. Gurley at an even 7K. Then you got Connor, Mixon, Carson, and Fournette all the way down the list. I think there's a viable case to be made that if you want to have some sort of balance in your lineup, yes, obviously paying up for Kamara or paying up for Zeke is a very strong move because they're very good players, but they're expensive. If you want to start with Leonard Fournette, I would have no problems with that. Houston looked bad against the run, and very sneakily, Fournette was just always on the field against the Chiefs and utilized in the passing game. Yeah, he was used, and I mean, that was you know one of the big fantasy football questions of the year was just is Leonard Fournette going to revert back to his 2017 usage the answer clearly looks like yes to me uh the of course the problem with you know going all in on Fournette Pat is uh he's fat and bad he, he just is not very good and uh you know you know uh, we tend to tout volume over efficiency but uh some guys that I like over him uh kind of in similar scenarios like I like I would rather play James Conner and Austin Eckler, but Fournette for sure will be in my player pool this week. Uh, Eckler at 6,100, I do think is could be a nice starting point if you want to go balance. I actually think the guy sandwiched right in between them, Sony Michelle at 6,200 against the Dolphins, is just an absolute smash spot here. Brown's probably not going to play on the weekend, at least I can't imagine he will. And 
it was like the first time ever that the Patriots won by a whole bunch of points and Sony Michelle didn't do anything. Pittsburgh, very good at stopping the run. Miami sucks against everything. So this could be like a 20-carry yeah. game for Sonny Michel. No, he's not going to do anything in the passing game. And yeah, that hurts him in, on DraftKings, being at full-point PPR. But if you ask me at the end of the week, you know, of the guys who could potentially rush for three touchdowns, it's a very short list, and Sonny Michel is one of those guys. Yeah, so the issue that I would have is... You know, it basically things went off script for him for the first time. 15 carries, 14 yards uh, was was utterly horrible against Pittsburgh. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about efficiency concerns for him this week, but I would be concerned. What what would you think if they activated Damian Harris in this game? That would, you, would that that would, would give, that sway? Yes, that would. I don't know if it would necessarily sway me, but then I. The touches, I don't think, are going to be the problem. I think you can pencil them in for, like, 14, 15, 16 carries, maybe yeah, more. Yeah, totally. Even if Harris plays, but it's the touchdown equity that would start to worry me. Yeah, well, it's just, I, I, so the reason I would worry about if Damian Harris was active is they're probably going to be up 20 to 25 points for stretches in this game, uh, and that would be a good spot to get Damian Harris his first NFL touches. With him being inactive and Brandon Bolden, Rex Burkhead, and James White being the only other running backs, I would think Sony leads this backfield pretty easily in touches. Like, I, I agree with you. I think he's a very good play this week. I, I'm kind of interested, however, in playing Chris Carson. And I did not think that was going to be something I would say, but seven targets uh, was targeted on 41% of his passing routes in week one, actually led the Seahawks in targets, did not see any of that coming despite the offseason chatter from Carroll and Schottenheimer. If he retains that role, he is way underpriced. It's funny, in the preseason, I hyped up Chris Carson as being basically the Derrick Henry equivalent who was going for cheaper, and now he's more expensive than Derrick Henry in this spot. I do worry that Pittsburgh is very good against the run, so now not, you, you have to rely on those catches in order for him to achieve his upside, and he still has to rush for a few touchdowns well, he, in spot. He wasn't even efficient last week. 15 carries for 46 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. He got all of his fantasy points uh, via touchdowns and via uh point per reception sure but we going into the week we thought that was going to be a good matchup for him that he was going to be able to run on Cincinnati if like the the offensive line in Seattle is bad enough that he can't get it going against a bad defense against a good defense I would just scale back what I think that might lead to more receptions I don't know but I think versus the other guys in this area like I think Eckler's a better play I think Fournette's a better play I think Michelle is a better play and potentially even Derrick Henry against Indianapolis who looked piss poor against the run I hate Derrick Henry but this is a good spot for him yeah I will I I won't be playing Derrick Henry I know why people will play Derrick Henry and I totally get it and if there was a spot to do it it's at home as a favorite coming off beating the Browns after Indianapolis was on the road and remains on the road like this is this is the nut Derrick Henry spot no no disagreements about that so just based on the guys that we've talked about in this like low $6,000 area, do you envision a lot of your teams paying up at running back? Like what are the chances you have Delvin Cook on a team or even Ezekiel Elliott or Kamara? Like it does seem like you might have to bypass those guys in order to achieve some sort of balance unless there's guys at the very bottom that you love. I will for sure force some exposure to Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook and and probably even Zeke as well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into a week and just flat fade those uh, those high end uh, running backs. Like I, now there are a lot of cheap guys that I think are playable and that I like that it's going to keep me from being like all in on those guys. Like you know I'm not, I'm not gonna have like forty percent Alvin Kamara or anything like that. 
Yeah, well, let's try to talk about this from, let's say, let's talk about it from a three max perspective. Like you're entering, because yeah. most most people aren't entering 150 lineups. That's just not I'd, the case. I'd make, I'd make one of them for sure, at least a Kamara lineup. Like, no doubt. Like, if, if you're just looking at guys who could break this slate, you're looking at Barkley, you're looking at Elliott, Kamara, um, Hopkins, maybe a little bit, though. He I, Historically, he's actually one of the dudes that Jalen Ramsey has been able to cover, uh, you know, shut up long enough to cover, and, and, and Smith-Schuster. I think those are the guys who could legit, like, full-on break the slate. Well, 5,300 I find really intriguing because we do not know the status of Joe Mixon yet, and we're probably not going to know until Friday whether he's playing or not, or it could even potentially. I, I think it's very safe to assume he's not going to play. I I thought so too, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's more buzz and buzz coming because at, if Mixon sits, Bernard at 5,300 bucks is in an yeah, excellent he's spot. Like a lock. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. just you just plug him in, he saves you all the money, then you can do whatever the hell you want in your lineup. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, it's like it's like Austin Eckler was last week. It's like Tony Pollard would have been if Zeke sat. You know, just don't look the gift horse in the mouth when we get this. Is like what like uh, whenever I come on a preseason show and people ask me like you know big DFS tips. My my big thing is when we get these cheap replacement level running backs uh, who come in and are two thousand dollars less than the starter. That that is a gift that you should that you should just be on like from the get go. Yeah, and even if everyone else is on the same play, good for them. They're smart. They're on the right play. It doesn't it, just because it's the right spot, it's the right price, and you have to be on it doesn't mean it works out every single time. But this isn't fantasy. Well, golf. Run, running I mean, back ownership but, tends to be pretty efficient anyway. True, but just in, in the sense that even if he's forty percent owned in the millionaire maker, you can still win with him on your team. It's it's uh, I think that it's people not like golf. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's hard to have your lineup duped in football. It really is. Yeah. I, I like when I was creating lineups last week, I, I really was not super worried about being dupe. Um, I, I was mostly just worried about getting all the right combinations of plays that I liked because yeah, you're, you're very unlikely to be duped. There's a lot of roster spots. There's a lot of volatility. A lot of people don't do stacking. So you're, you're just going to like, if you just are doing stacking in general, uh, there's, and a lot of people just enter their cash lineup in stuff anyways. Do you have a preference for stacking in general? Do you take one side of a game or do you always bring it back with something or just go full onslaught game stack? Because I think like my favorite game to stack this week is Kansas City and Oakland. I just think that's a perfect spot because all the Oakland guys are so cheap that you can make like a super team roster around three Oakland guys if you really wanted to. But if you bring it back with Watkins or Hardman or Kelsey or whoever, Williams or McCoy, whichever one is your preference, I think that's the way to play it. The rules that I set last week uh, using the Daily Road Optimizer was uh, quarterback with minimum two, wide receiver, tight end, running back, minimum two, wide receiver, tight end, running back from the other team. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty important to just kind of full on onslaught the game if you're if you're going that direction. Well, I'm not too concerned about ownership and lineups being duplicated. The point of trying to project ownership is trying to find a leverage spot with a low ownership player that if that is the slate breaker, then all of a sudden you're way ahead of everybody else. And you have to have some balls to actually do that from time to time. And at the top of this pricing at running back, it seems to me those guys are going to probably be David Johnson or Todd Gurley or James Conner. And you say you like Conner the best of those three? Yeah, Connor Connor ran pretty bad last week. Jalen Samuels played more than people expected. I don't I don't think that that's going to be the case. Uh, they're playing, you know, a much worse defense. Uh, uh, 
And, and I just think Connor is likely to see more snaps than he saw in that game against the Patriots as they were trailing and just trying to kind of throw stuff against the wall and see what would work out. But he still remained the primary receiving back. So I, I actually think 6,800 could be one of the cheapest that we see Connor in a main slate all year. And Mixon, if he does play, he's an absolute stay away due to re-aggravation of that injury. If he busts out 180 yards, then, well, he busted out 180 yards. He's more likely to bust his ankle than do that this week if he ends up playing. But Gurley is really the interesting one to me because I don't think that they went out of their way to not give him goal line touches. It's just he wasn't on the field when they got down to that spot. He looked really good running the ball. And if your main man, Carlos Hyde, can look spry against the Saints, Gurley should be able to do the same thing. Uh, I mean, my thing with Gurley is just that he no longer is an alpha back, right? He only played uh, 68% of the team snaps. He did run a route on a lot of Jared Goff's back uh, uh, dropbacks, which is, you know, that's something that we like to see. But yeah, just, just the fact that Malcolm Brown was even in there at all, and they just didn't stop and reorganize things to get Todd Gurley in there, that should give you a clear sense of the direction that this organization is heading in terms of how they're treating Todd Gurley. And I think he's going to become less and less important to the offense as the season goes on because they also Daryl Henderson only played one single snap so I I think that you know that snap count's probably going to rise I think Malcolm Brown's usage in the passing game will probably rise a little bit so I I just I'm off Gurley entirely and if he coffins me you know whatever I'm fine with I'm fine with Todd Gurley putting me in a coffin once or twice this year especially when he's priced up like this now when Todd Gurley gets to be like 5,400, then I will be back in on him in tournaments. So it sounds like Kamara at the top is the play amongst the expensive guys. And then for me, if I'm not taking Kamara, I'm dropping down to the Leonard Fournette, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Sony Michelle range, and I can do it there. If Joe Mixon sits, I'm going to use Geo. So that's basically the $5,000 range. Is there anyone else in the 5,000s? Like, are you a carry on Johnson or Aaron Jones head? Because I just don't like those spots. Duke Johnson yeah, could get it going. Br- Brita's in a decent spot now without Tevin Coleman, but I guess we'll see more of Raheem Mostard here. But looking below, the only really, 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 really good guy, and I know he's going to be chalk, so you have to figure out your way around this situation, is Josh Jacobs at $4,700. I hope he goes off. Like, if Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs can go off every game, I'm going to win some serious money in season-long fantasy. But I do- I'm worried about what his usage is going to be in the passing game that's my only hesitation because well, well, we didn't have we, we, just we don't know yeah we, we don't we know just straight up don't know that's yeah. that's the whole thing so if they get behind by 14 points is he going to continue to be on the field every single time i know that once they get near the goal line he's going to get the ball that that is a huge benefit and only being 4700 dollars, that might be worth it alone knowing that and it's still grim they could be down by 30 and running the ball up the middle with josh jacobs against a pretty easy front like that's not inconceivable knowing john gruden in this team but if they do get in close he's going to have the ability to score but if he ends up being at least on the field for 50% of third downs in these passing situations, then all of a sudden he's the best yeah, play on like this the slate. He's like the best play of the week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and my take is, is that Josh Jacobs actually wasn't even that good of a runner at Alabama. What he was good at was catching passes out of the backfield. And he, his like physical profile and his combine metrics suggest he's actually going to be a really good receiving back and in kind of an average, you know, rushing running back. So I would think, my, my personal belief and projections will reflect the idea that he's going to still be on the field, you know, 70% of the snaps get, uh, you know, I, I think a, a very good comp for him is Le'Veon Bell. And, and I don't mean that in terms of skill set. I mean that in terms of 
usage. And, and that, you know, that is a lot of personal belief. That is a lot of bias from like, you know, hyping him really hard for season long purposes, but he's going to be a guy that, you know, if, if the projections, you know, I'm running out 150 lineups and I get 60% Josh Jacobs, I like, I'm, I'm going to be fine with that. All right. So would you get tackle? like, just go to Josh Jacobs in that spot unless Gio opens himself up at 53. But what about these guys in between the, the Bredas, James White, Duke Johnson, all good. Sp- I mean, it's not a great spot for James White, but just because- no, no interest in anyone, but Breda. All right. And, and G. Okay. So like below that then, and uh, Josh Jacobs, like Kenyon Drake yeah. could be in a decent spot as the primary backfield pass catcher for the dolphins in a game where they're now underdogs by 19 points. That's always fun. Um, the skins are underdogs. Chris Thompson, once again, just shows that he's not going away. Or you could just go to Adrian Peterson. He's super cheap. I'm not doing it. But Cust has declared this an AP week with his with his fresh legs. So all of a sudden, maybe he's the guy to play here if he can sneak two touchdowns that are completely irrelevant. He's, I mean, if he scores one touchdown, he's going to pay himself off. I'd prefer to play Thompson at $3,900. But Peterson's a pretty good value here, Davis. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't he's 30, know. He's $3,400. So I think I think if if we were really going dumpster diving, I think I would legit rather play Carlos Hyde. If we're just going on guys who I think could score touchdowns and, and run hot with touchdowns, I think Carlos Hyde probably seems like you know he just is on a team with a higher total, better offense. They're they're going to be up a lot, and I think if they do get up a lot, I don't think Duke Johnson's going to be the grinding back. I think it's pretty clearly going to be Carlos Hyde. I, I I just think that that game is going to go a little bit differently than you think. I think the Jags cover that game and have a chance to outright win that game. Well, yeah. If so, if you if you think that, then Carlos Hyde, you should I, I should just be nuked for even bringing his name up. Honestly, that's embarrassing. Yeah, you're you're the biggest hater in the world. Now all of a sudden play Carlos Hyde. Davis is approved pick of the week. Uh I mean it's just like I I was really not encouraged because I really like Duke Johnson and I was really not encouraged by the the 63-33 split because I think they showed down near the goal line it's gonna like I think Hyde's gonna be the guy in there which just sucks as someone who like started to buy into Duke Johnson well if you're gonna go scumming down there if you think the game script works against the Redskins then Thompson is most definitely a better play than Peterson especially because it's full point PPR but instead of someone like Hyde in the same vein Latavius Murray's at basically the same price in a much higher projected scoring game we know he's gonna be used uh, not necessarily always near the goal line and I think there's enough points in this game to go around that if you needed someone to potentially spike two touchdowns he could actually be the guy or if you think if if you wanted to build a couple lineups with like new orleans pulling away you know them them controlling this game against los angeles uh he would be a good guy the thing i would say is just drew Brees. he sucks on the road now he sucks on the road and the saints suck on the road when they play outside so it seems like way more of a kamara game to me Devin singletary or is frank gore just too much of an option and is josh allen stealing his touchdowns too big of a thing well, Singletary is like, I, this is something I did not predict, but he is the passing down back. I like, it seems like he just is like, kind of like FPS, like fancy play syndrome. Cause you could just play Giovanni Bernard or Josh Jacobs. But yeah, if we're talking about just like, you know, ways to get leverage on the field, Singletary probably will have a pretty good target. Like I bet his, his receiving projection will be better than Josh Jacobs is for this upcoming week. Cause they didn't TJ Yeldon, I think did not register a snap. I know he didn't get a carry or a target. I can pull that up for you right now because I released my snap shares for the week, but I just probably don't want to tackle the Bills' backfield because I think the equity in rushing is still with Josh Allen. It's and really you, low. And, yeah. you, and you need that to spike, even if you're going to play a guy at $4,200. If you actually want to win a tournament, we're not talking cash games here. We're just talking about winning the big prizes. So 
Josh Jacobs is probably the lowest you would go at running back or you probably need to go at running back if you're only going to play like three lineups. Uh, yeah, if you're only playing three lineups, I, I mean, I would probably play just play Jacobs in all of them, I think. Really? And what if Bernard became available? I mean, I think so. I think if you were just playing three lineups, I wouldn't even tell you you were wrong if you played Bernard and Jacobs in all three of them. Hmm. That's interesting. But they, they are they are they are such good plays. Like so so just without even adjusting for value or anything, just in my initial run of stuff for the whole week, I have Josh Jacobs ranked inside my top ten fantasy running backs for the week. Like just just kind of going off of uh, initial scans at like team totals and everything. So like, uh, he's like a he's a nut play. Uh, back to Buffalo for a second. Singletary played seventy percent of the snaps. Gore twenty eight and Yeldon three percent of the time saw the field for yeah. the Buffalo Bills. Sing- Singletary is like he's like a kind of a he he's sneaky this week and like a a sneaky good uh, guy to trade for in your your season long fantasy leagues. Yeah, I, I think that he'll end up getting the usage. Although in the first half they barely ran the ball against the Jets, and when it came to closing time, all of a sudden it was Frank Gore up the middle for two yards for no success. Yeah, uh, and and Frank Gore received a rushing touch on like fifty six percent of his uh, snaps that he got, which is oh, I mean that's just hilarious. The the Frank Gore role, you know, still remains. Let's switch to wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins comes in as the most expensive price. We talked about value running backs or even mid tier running backs. How are you approaching the wide receiver position this week? Because there's an awful lot of value here as well. Is this a position to pay up? Because most people will probably try to take their savings here. Yeah, I mean, I just think I think there are two, well, really three values that are just such insane, like just so obvious. It's hard for me to imagine them not being just absurd chalk. I'm wondering if you think they're the same three that I do. Uh, I mean, just the one that the biggest one that stuck out to me is Tyrell Williams. Like you, you almost so, have so to. He, he is but, one of the three. Yeah. But, like, are we just going to get into playing all the Raiders? Because I was thinking about potentially fading Josh Jacobs and doing the Waller Williams car stack and just hoping that it's not Josh Jacobs who scores all the touchdowns. Well, it's a super narrow production tree, right? They, yeah. they, they like 70% of their touches went to those three players, maybe even more, honestly. Like, so, so I, I think, you know, it's very similar to kind of like the saints. Like you just, you know, where that production is going and we know that, uh, you know, Kansas city's defense, not very good. And, uh, you know, that uh, they, they are, they tend to encourage other teams to get into high scoring games. I guess the other guy that I would go with in this spot, I think Juju's in line for just a smash game. If his if his toe is because we're right exactly on the same page with this. So Juju, Tyrell Williams, who would be the other one? I mean, the, the other guy you haven't mentioned is literally top in my value sorting on Daily Roto right now. Of, of course, keep in mind that uh, that we have, you know, there's a lot of news left to come and projections oh. are being tweaked right now. So, so the answer is Josh Gordon then? The answer is Josh Gordon. I, I think I think those guys are just like so clear. I, I think they are miles above everyone else in terms of value projection. So you're not paying up for DeAndre Hawkins is what you're saying in a bad matchup. I mean, cer- certainly you could. Like, I don't think it's bad. He had he had a great game last week. Uh, he will be in like, especially because I will be stacking him with Deshaun Watson, who I think. I, I think Deshaun Watson could actually maybe be the highest scoring quarterback in fantasy this year because he looks incredible running the ball, which, uh, you know, and they're just they're just really letting him fly with that. They called that zone read on fourth and one where he scored, which I thought was a, a pretty good play call. But, uh, you know, he's not someone I'm making a super effort to get in. 
Well, the two guys that I really love, or three guys I guess I really like, that I'm probably going to end up gravitating towards, outside of those three, because I agree with you, those three are probably the three best values on the slate, uh, especially Juju among the very top guys. I'd play Odell against the Jets, but he's not on this slate. He plays Monday night. Uh, just oh, I, some some showdown action, buddy. Uh, I'm just I'm trying not to play as much showdown. I'm just so incredibly bad at it. How dare you? How dare you do that to yourself? Well, Drewby's winning all the money. There's nothing left for me. It's true. It's true. He it's it's honestly it's honestly inconsiderate of him. Yeah, yeah, it's not nice. He comes on the show, he gives out the plays, and actually, one of the, shout out, I forget who it was, but one of the viewers last, we came fourth in that giant million dollar tournament, he won like 25k yeah. or something like that, so shout out, and if you do use Daily Roto, promo code, the PME for 10% off, there are uh, showdown slates and optimizers up there for those as well, if that's something that you want to get into, uh, just chucking that out there it's making it's making davis a good player so it's gotta be yeah. oh like come on if if something can make me profitable at dfs uh, how are you guys not purchasing this product so i like john brand i just might be a sucker for all the for the bills but he just the connection he had with josh allen the big playability i really like that brandon cooks uh in the revenge situation against the new orleans saints but i think he can get behind that defense and amari cooper really intrigues me too just because all the big plays that were given up by the redskins last week yeah uh i mean just how about how about we just talk about the fact that i mean dallas looks like they could maybe be the like absolute best offense in the NFL, they they just looked incredible. They Jack okay, the hold on. They played they played the Giants, who you just called like the worst team in twenty years. Well, I just I just I literally cannot pass on a chance to disparage of the New York Giants. Like it is, it really gives me life to to hate on the New York Giants. But basically, everything that we thought might happen with the Cowboys offense over the course of the preseason came to fruition in that first game. Now, of course, I want to see them do it over a month. Right. But I, I am just so encouraged by everything I saw from them. Uh, the sneakiest play that no one's going to own, I believe, on the slate comes in at $6,200. He's a bit overvalued, but everyone loved Tyler Lockett coming into the year. He's going to run most of his routes out of the slot. And you know what Pittsburgh can't do, Davis? Cover slot receivers at all. I know he had two targets, but one of them was a touchdown, so that's nice. But Lockett still has, like, we talk about, like, guys that can break a slate due to long playability. Lockett is one of those guys. Yeah, the issue with that is that, you know, for tournaments, he's priced right next to Brandon Cooks, priced right next to Michael Gallup. Like, I, I think I think even considering the ownership that's going to flow to those guys, uh, and, and Chalk doesn't really get out of control at wide receiver anyways, except for cheap guys. Uh, I, I just, I'm not really interested in investing in Seattle's offense or, or, or their passing game particularly. I mean, you just talked about Chris Carson. That's the reason to invest in him because of the passing game. Well, because he, so he's taking away all those short area targets that I think we kind of assumed that Lockett would inherit as he transitioned into that Doug Baldwin role, but that's not what happened at all. Lockett stayed in his old role and DK Metcalf played the Doug Baldwin role. All right, so maybe it's Metcalf. I, I, I just look at the Steelers defense and I see what they don't do well and just covering slot guys who just run a crossing route four yards from the line of scrimmage across the field are apparently just open every single play. So that, that, that could just really benefit Tower Lockett here. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like uh, I don't think the Pittsburgh defense is very good. And I think that if Brian Schottenheimer and the Seattle Seahawks allow Russell Wilson to air it out, they, they will be rewarded. I just, I don't have a ton of faith in them to actually do that. So the sub $5,000 guys, we talked about Tyrell Williams. He's going to be the most popular play, as he probably should be in this spot. We didn't mention Allen Robinson either, who's a bit up, but I'm just still kind of, 
I mean, Williams just crushed the Broncos defense. And Allen Robinson could probably do the same thing too. So I need someone to keep right. on your radar. But Hollywood Brown is at an even $5,000. Like, what do you run? We played like 12 snaps last week like that. Yeah, but, yeah but they were they were up. Yeah, no, I I get that. I don't I think that he'll play more than 12 snaps this week. It just seems like a big price increase coming off an awesome week. Like, I don't know really what to make of it. I'd rather play John Brown at 5,200 bucks. Well, no, I think if just if I was stacking Lamar, I think I'd rather go just with someone who I think is not going to be as chalk. So go with Willie Sneed. Sneed's the play. Yeah, like because Brown will be what, you know, 10 to 12 percent owned or something like that. And Sneed will be like two. Miles Boykin will be like one. So I guess that would probably be the way. Well, actually, no, the chalk with the chalk Andrews. with him is going to be Mark Andrews. Yeah, they'll probably just play all three of them together. But it's it's weird. Like, that's not the typical, like, ceiling game that we would think from Lamar Jackson because the typical ceiling game for Lamar Jackson would be like 100, 101 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and two through the air. Like, that would be the sort of logic behind it. So I do worry that... I know it worked out in week one and against this Arizona defense, it's probably going to work out in week two, but longer term through the season stacking with Lamar Jackson, I think is a bit more difficult than people might think. Yeah. So I think most weeks he probably is going to be a quarterback. I would be okay playing naked, which I, which I, you know, I'm not normally not normally. I would never do that in a tournament, but it, this week, I think you can stack him with kind of whoever you want with ownership considerations involved. But I think in some of their tougher matchups uh, and they play the chiefs week three. So that's going to be another one where you want him to stack. But when he's like below, maybe he gets below like 6,000 or something. I think you can play him on his own and that's fine. So of the guys from last week who really broke out, you have Marquise Brown, you have John Ross, but now without Tyreek Hill around the caveman, me Cole, hard man. He's just kind of stuck in there in between and everyone's going to play walk-ins everyone's gonna play Kelsey if you're making a chief stack or even a game stack with the Raiders is he the guy to throw in or is he just fool's gold here I think I think Robinson is the guy he because he, he's actually played he's a, he's an NFL player who is who has played in this offense before and was the guy who when they didn't know if Tyreek Hill was going to play or not was preparing the whole offseason like he was going to be the starting x wide receiver so I, I think Robinson is much more likely he's cheaper too so I think he's much more likely to be, you know, lower owned uh, and actually probably has a more consistent role because Hardman actually played a bunch of snaps last week. He played 90% of the team snaps and was the immediate fill in for Tyreek and still was not targeted on offense. Uh, beyond Tyrell Williams at $4,400, if you go below that, Devontae Parker's in a pretty good spot here unless they he's the one guy that New England decides that they're going to take out of this game. It's fine. We didn't really jump on the narrative of Bill Belichick takes away your best option. That's what he did to Juju basically in week one. Um, and Does Miami week, have a best option? That's the whole thing. Who do you take away? It's no one. Huh? Jokes on jokes on New England in week two. No one to take yeah, away. So Parker's... Yeah, I think it doesn't matter. So Parker's a good value, I think, at um, $4,100, especially if Albert Wilson continues to be all gimped up with his calf injury. But the one I'm kind of circling here is very sneaky. And this is a Tim Andercast special because he plays him every single week anyway. But Keenan Allen annihilated the Chargers in the slot last week. And that's where Adam Humphreys is going to be. I know he didn't do anything in week one, but they didn't have to do anything in week one. Mariota can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field anyway. That's primo Adam Humphreys territory. Now, a lot of that went to Delaney Walker last week, potentially this week. That could be a time for Adam Humphreys, and he's super cheap. Yeah, I don't think I'll I don't think I'll be playing any of him. I don't think I'll be playing any Adam Humphreys. I mean, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a smash for you. I think if I was just like dumpster diving, I'd rather go like 
James Washington, Zay Jones, Demarcus Robinson, uh, one of these one of these super cheap Arizona guys like Demir Bird or Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, I prefer just not to get zero from my spot. I guess is what I'm saying. Bird, Bird, and Johnson both ran like 60 routes last week. Keyshawn Johnson had 10 targets, and he is 3100. You like love this. You love crappy wide receiver on a crappy team that's going to be trailing all game. Who is that Houston Texans wide receiver that you love? When oh, when we used to oh the, in like the Bruce the Bruce of Ellington. He was great. Yeah. Yeah, imagine imagine like playing that dude at 3800 but saying you don't want to play Keyshawn Johnson at 3100. Well, everyone's just going to gravitate towards uh, Terry McLaurin at $3800 and another good game script get behind the Dallas defense like I'm probably not going to use him this week because I think everyone's going to use him, but I understand the spot. Like, and he's a thousand dollars cheaper than the rest of the guys that all broke out last week, like the John Rosses and the Hardman now in a better spot, the the Browns and all those guys. Yeah, I probably just won't play anyone that is going to be like flocks to like that because I just my evaluations on like how teams are going to play is not going to change that much in you know one week or whatever. So how much do you think you'd have to own of Tyrell Williams to be overweight to the field? Chalk never really gets out of control at wide receiver, right? It's like much more likely to get out of control at running back. So maybe like, like you think 60% could double the field. You say 60% could double the field. Yeah. So you you think he gets to 30%? I don't think that he gets to 30% now. Yeah. So I'm just saying like you, you'd be, I mean, even at 50%, you'd probably be locked in to double the field. He is going to be really chalk like, but, but Josh Jacobs will be two X's owned. Like, would you want to own Josh Jacobs and Tyrell Williams on the same team though? Mm, Probably only in cash Mm. or, or only, only like I would maybe create a rule in the optimizer where they could only be together if um, Derek Carr or Patrick Mahomes was in with them. Like if we look around him, so if we know that he's going to, I mean, this is one of the best practices to do. If we look at Tyrell Williams at $4,400 and look at where the pivot plays are going to be off that super chalk and guys that can explode from that situation. I mentioned Humphreys. Uh, I mean, that's probably more of a, if you're building a hundred lineups, throw him into a few. But if you want like big play upside, everyone, no one is actually, no one is going to use Geronimo Allison, especially because he's right next to the guy everyone's going to well, use. Well, really, they really should not use Geronimo Allison. But look look one spot below. You already mentioned him. DraftKings Metcalf. I mean, it's already in his yeah. name. Do we just use him? Yeah, MVS, Willie Sneed, Christian Kirk, DJ Shark, Randall Cobb, DK Metcalf, uh, all, all these guys, I think I would, I, I would consider like viable leverage pivots off of Tyrell Williams. Is that the spot where you think you should go for leverage though? These lower lower priced high ownership plays or is are you just now overthinking yourself because if it was running back that would be one thing he is guaranteed volume at receiver wide receivers wonky man well and it really i mean so it would depend on how many lineups you were making right and what you were looking to get out of your tournament lineups if you are looking to have a good chance to cash in a lot of your teams and and you know not just totally bottom out davis if i if i was looking for a good chance to cash in a tournament i would just play cash games yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I think, I think what you were saying right now is, is pretty good advice. You know, we have, we have a good projection on Tyrell Williams, like in, in our initial run, but we don't have him meaningfully different than, uh, you know, some of the guys like Marvin Jones, we have him kind of close in points. Like they're, they're just guys around that range who have similar ranges of outcomes, even if, even if their uh, volume projection is not exactly the same. 
Amendola against Amendola might be the best receiver, at least most used receiver besides like Hawkinson. Cause I was not impressed with, I mean, they didn't even throw to Marvin Jones basically, but it seemed like Stafford wanted to throw to Amendola every single time in that game, which is, odd. I think we're going to see, I think we are going to see a lot of players have their season best game against Arizona. And I would be, I would be weary of buying at that high. I mean, he's only 3,900 bucks. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I mean, even not high in terms of price, just high in terms of, like, even including him in your player pool. Like, probably not, like, probably not a guy I would include. Let's take a break so I can tell you support for DraftKings comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped creates precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 2.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. This waterproof trimmer features skin-safe technology and will protect you from nicking your sack. All right. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower. It's time to get clean with this Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off your entire order and free shipping with the code DRAFT20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code DRAFT20 now. Your balls will thank you. Back to the show. All right. Quarterbacks. Let's do this. Derek Carr is the best value on the board, I think. I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't like that. He's 5,100. Yeah, but I mean, quarterbacks. It's just like, yeah, you save a little bit. I mean, I just like, dude, I'm going to have so much Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be like by far and away my top owned quarterback. If you played three lineups, would you play Lamar on all of them? No, I'd play him in two. I'd play two, I'd play two Lamar and one Dak probably. Hmm. All right, let's go to the very top. Mahomes is only $7,500. So what I'm thinking about doing here is just doing, if I'm only going to play three, so in the Pat Mayo experience open here for week two, that I'll just do double game stack, one running one car lineup, one running one Mahomes lineup. Like, with his price being so high, but only $500 more than Lamar Jackson. I agree, Lamar Jackson is good should be probably projected for the highest own. But if you're going to tell me that Lamar Jackson is going to be 22% owned and Mahomes is going to be 5% owned, I'll take Mahomes. I mean, that's very likely what you're going to get. Uh, quarterbacks like never get to 20%. Lamar Lamar's is going to be super popular this week. Yeah, he will He will easily be the most owned quarterback. Mahomes will be single digits for sure. Mahomes will be less owned than Derek Carr. He will be, yeah, like he, he will not be chalked this week. You're totally right. So I will play Mahomes. I'll probably end up playing Lamar Jackson just because I'm a sucker and I know that he's going to have a good game, so I should probably take him. Uh, I like Derek Carr as the value guy. And of course, man, my main man, Josh Allen, 5,300 bucks. The guy turned the ball over four times and still scored 20 DraftKings points. Yeah, I mean, I, he averages over 54 rushing yards per start in, in his 13 NFL starts. So that's like, it's like basically he starts a game with an extra passing touchdown, basically, like relative to dudes who don't run at all. Yeah, and if you're just at quarterback, you're looking to spike one of those like top three ceiling weeks. That's how you can get yourself ahead, like the Lamar week from last week. And Josh yeah. Allen is one of those guys who can do that because of his rushing ability and his his willingness to call his own number at the goal line. And you know who you're stacking him with. Like you're not stacking him with Cole Beasley. You're stacking him with one of Zay Jones or John Brown. No, you're, you're, sta- you're stacking with John Brown. Zay Jones is awful. Yeah, I mean Zay Jones is really horrible, but like he again, he's a dude who literally comes in at like like point zero three percent. Yeah, that doesn't matter though. Like the the stack is Josh Allen, John Brown. That's your stack. Yeah. 
And I guess if the quarterback isn't chalky, then it doesn't really matter. Hey, well, I mean, people don't like Josh. Like the, the real life perception of Josh Allen that he sucks actually influences his fantasy value. And he's since he like basically came back from injury last season, he's a top three quarterback in fantasy. Yeah, he was top one quarterback in fantasy weeks 12 through 17 last year. Yeah, everyone just kind of wants to overlook. They're like, oh, I'll get sneaky. I'll play Mitch Trubisky, who is in a similar vein, but not as wild. And the wildness with Josh Allen actually helps his fantasy upside. No, Trubisky is white. Yeah, he's he's way worse because he, he just stopped running at a certain point. Trubisky just stopped running at like week eight last year. So are we overlooking some of these bigger names? Like, I know we talked about Josh Gordon. We've talked about Sony Michelle. Like, do you just play Brady and hope he just decides to set the touchdown record? Cause he probably could in this game. I see. I, so he's 6,400. I would rather play Deshaun Watson for 6,600. I don't want to play Deshaun against Jacksonville. I just don't. I think Jacksonville's D is a lot better than they looked last week. Anyone, uh, you lose Miles Jack, that's not helping. Uh, you do have, like, Marcel Darius was injured as well, but you're also playing the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs are going to make you look bad, and the Texans' offense isn't the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not, I don't sweat those individual defensive matchups that much. I, I think I think a good offense beats a good defense 95% of the time. So uh, that's just, that's. That that's fair, but if we then start looking at like, do you project Watson to be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate this week? No, we have Watson for uh, and stuff is still not adjusted yet. He is the fourth highest projected quarterback of the week. So if that's the case, and he's the third most expensive. That sounds like a don't play him. Yeah, but I, at the night, I think his ninetieth percentile is is much better than some of the guys that he's projected next to because he adds rushing. Yeah, so if we go with those guys, then it's Jackson, it's Watson, Prescott. If we're just talking about like adding rushing into it, Kyler Murray. Yeah. What did you make of Kyler Murray's rushing ability in Week One? I think Cliff is a donk and didn't use it. Like barely, barely did any. Like I don't even, I don't remember once call, having them do a designed play where he was rolling out to his right. And if like if you're not going to be doing like it's like Cliff honestly did not watch Kyler at, at Oklahoma when he was designing that week one game plan. He, he basically was just like a straight up pocket passer on like 50 percent of the snaps, which like Kyler is is accurate. He's got a very strong arm. He can do it. But I mean, something that all coaches with shorter quarterbacks know Drew Brees does this. Russell Wilson does this. Uh, you, you, you want to get them on the move. You want to get them, uh, in a moving pocket and uh, Kyler is so fast. You want to give him the option to scramble. And he, he did not have that option against, uh, Detroit just cause Cliff wasn't giving it to him, which I just thought was so bizarre. So I'll make my decision at the top between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, and at the bottom, I'm playing Josh Allen and Derek Carr in those two spots. And I'll probably be game stacking Derek Carr with the Chiefs and with the Raiders, vice versa, as it pertains to Patrick Mahomes. I'll probably just play Josh Allen and John Brown by themselves. But the one I did want to ask you about, if we love Juju here, Ben plays really well at home at 1 p.m., mm -hmm. coming off a spot where no one's going to use him. And, we, like, you talk about, like, a slate-breaking quarterback. Ben is that guy three times a year. Yeah, and, I mean, I, so the issue with stacking Ben now is I think so much of his passing volume is going to go to one guy that I, it, I just don't know. I don't know if he still has 383 yards and four touchdowns in him. Like, I, I'm, I'm, well, he probably does, but I think the occurrence of those games may be trimmed down a little bit. Well, I don't necessarily want to play Dante Moncrief, but he did play 90% of the snaps in week one against the Patriots. And, like got, he, and got 10 targets, too. Yeah, so, like, if you did want to run out Juju, Ben, and Moncrief, I don't think that's a disastrous play. 
Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't think it is either. Or, or Vance McDonald, you know, people left him for dead and people's going to think people are going to think James Conner is, is left for dead too after that game. Yeah. And I do think that if people were to stack with Ben Roethlisberger, of course they'd use Juju, but I think they would actually go to James Washington because he had that one big catch down the middle, but he barely sniffed the field more than half the time. Yeah. He was the fourth wide receiver. It's so, like what Moncrief played way more. Yeah. So it would be my, for me, I probably wouldn't use Vance because I think there are just other tight end plays that are better this week, even without correlation yeah. to that. Cause I think I can find it with Moncrief better. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay. So let's go to tight ends. Then let's talk about these guys. Kelsey, 7,300 bucks. Kittle, 6,800 bucks. Then there's the big drop off. Then you got Evan Ingram, Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, Vance McDonald at 3,900 bucks. Now we're into Mark Andrews and Eric Ebron. What do we do here? Just play. And I would really, I would, I would really like to keep my tight end pool to like six guys this week. I, I, I'm probably going to keep it to like three guys. Like Waller is the best value on the board by far. I mean, I, I really like Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram saw a bunch of that team's targets and he looked really good even in a game where they were getting destroyed he he seemed like you know their their most influential offensive player and it actually works out well for him in this situation too because sterling shepherd is iffy at least to play with this concussion he has to pass protocol and it's not like yeah it's not like the bills are gonna so this could actually work against him in some ways that do you say you know what tradavius white we don't need you on cody latimer that, that that's probably not gonna be it you just go cover evan ingram that could be the move here because normally you think he'd be on Shepard, but like all the routes that Crowder ran last week, you would get more upside versions of those targets from Evan Ingram if Shepard was on the field. But if Shepard doesn't play, he'll be a target monster, but I don't know how much upside he has. I mean, just at the tight end position, targets are at such a premium. Like once you get it, okay, Kelsey Kittle, Henry Ingram, Waller, and then after that, I mean, you could tell me no other tight end in this main slate saw more than three targets. And I would say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's totally possible. Like, it's just crazy how that, how that position works now. So while, so we talked about Jacobs and Tyrell Williams in cash, would you pass on Tyrell Williams? Just go Jacobs and Waller in cash. I think, I think Kittle is like clearly the cash tight end Kittle or Kelsey. Really, you'd pay up that much for a tight end in cash? I a lot of the times I try and get a lot of the times I try and get Kelsey Kittle in in cash. Yeah, most especially this week with Josh Jacobs, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Tyrell Williams, Josh Gordon. Like there are just a lot of guys we think are about. Like pretty much any week where there's a cheap injury fill in running back, there's going to be uh, a, a higher and increased chance of me playing an expensive tight end in cash. Who will more people try to own Waller at 33 or Hawkinson at 3000? Uh, Waller Wall Cause Waller was the Island game and everything. So that, that all plays into it. But Hawkinson's also a rookie and had a better game. And he was a first round pick and people will just retroactively remember the chargers being bad against tight ends as well. I think that them being there keeps ownership off of each other just a little bit. Yeah, that, that is true. I, I don't, I just feel like Waller, like Waller's getting like way more pub in like, uh, like the season long realms too. Is there anyone below Hawkinson, like in the 2k level that you would go to like the, just the absolute dart throw? I just, I really don't like playing these dudes. I guess, I guess Nick Vanette, because it seems like Will Disley re-injured his knee. So Nick Vanette's going to be like a 95% of the snaps guy. Yeah. He played over 50% of the snaps anyway, even when Disley was like on the field. So yeah, he'll play like 90% of the snaps. He's $2,600. I don't know. I don't even know if I like that though. I mean, yeah, it's just, just the, you're never like you, like those guys are more likely to get zero than get 10. 
Yeah. And even if he scores a touchdown, what is it like two catches for eight yards and a touchdown? That's that'd be great. But if that's your upside, like what, what are we really doing here? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. All right. And Mark Andrews is at thirty eight hundred dollars as well. And we know that people are going to play him. He is going to be he's going to be the big chalk. Is the move then just to play Kelsey at seventy three? Knowing that he had a bat, he had a quote unquote Kelsey Kittle Ingram Henry are are just I think they're all. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's easy to say. They're the top three price guys on the board. If you have to take one of these guys, people people do weird stuff at tight end way more than at any like people just play weird guys at tight end. You you Pat, you'd be amazed at some of these lineups I see flipped over against me in cash and and who people play at tight end. I it just seems like a spot where people would pay down if we're playing. We're trying to win a tournament here. Would you go Kelsey, Kittle, or Ingram if you played a single entry? Kittle. I think I'd use Kelsey. I'd make I'd make that work with Kelsey. I it, I mean it's fair. It, it it's just that five hundred. Like in, I just while we were sitting here, I just built my cash team shell, and uh, it was it was Kelsey or Kittle, and uh, I needed the five hundred. All right, let's move to defenses then. Any any sneaky ones off the hop that you see, or are you just playing the Bills at thirty four hundred bucks? Uh, I think the the sneaky one, maybe not just would be the Broncos at home to Trubisky. Hmm, I didn't even really consider them. I just thought that defense looked piss poor against Oakland. Maybe it was a bad spot. The one I was thinking about, I played Denver's the- like Denver's like ninety and two at home in the first two weeks of the season. The last twenty years, it's like they they never lose this game that home opener because it's because of the altitude. I was looking at the Niners at. 2800 bucks i rolled them out against Jameis last week and he went full Jameis, so that actually turned out quite well the other one was going to be yeah. the jags at 2400 bucks like we saw just injecting laramie tunsil onto this offensive line doesn't mean deshaun watson's not taking sacks yeah i mean i like i i don't think i've ever felt like i ran better than getting those two defensive touchdowns <laughs> to save me in cash games last week that that felt that felt so pure, but I, I agree. I don't, I don't hate the Jacksonville call either. Yeah. So Jacksonville, the 49ers. I like the bills a lot. I think the chiefs are an underrated defense here too. I know I talked about Derek Carr, but if they start boat, I mean, just the chiefs are always, the chiefs finished seventh last year in uh defensive special team scoring on yeah. DraftKings scoring. Cause other teams just pass 60 times a game against them. I guess the one thing about it is, I mean, taking Tyreek Hill out of the special teams, I don't know how much it diminishes their overall upside, but it does a little bit. You'd have to think. I mean, you're, you're playing them to get sacks and, and a uh, chance at a pick six. Like maybe, maybe you'd, you'd knock it, but I mean, Hardman is Hardman is a good punt returner too. Mm. And, and actually D'Anthony Thomas is like a great punt returner and he's back on the team. So Ravens, would you go Ravens or bears? If you were to pay all the way up, uh, not the bears. I think oh. I, I don't, I would, I don't think I would, the, oh, I would think I'd rather play the Patriots even than the bears would or you, the Ravens. Would you rather play the, the bills or Cowboys over any of those top NDs? Mm, no, the, the D pricing seems weird to me this week. I, this is not how I would have done the pricing. Hmm. I was trying to figure this out then. Maybe it is Jags. Why are, why are the Bears priced so high? They are they are on the road against a, a quarterback that's just going to have strict instructions to hand off. Because it's the Bears defense. 
And people don't, people still haven't figured out fantasy defense. It's like the one hidden element to DraftKings pricing, season long fantasy that people just don't seem to understand that you could be the number one defense in the league and be the 25th best fantasy defense. Like being good at defense doesn't always necessarily correlate to being good at fantasy defense. That's why I think the Jags and someone like the 49ers, just because their high sack rates are the way that you want to go. The Broncos are the Broncos are going to smash. Uh, this is I'm I'm feel I feel good about this take. Get a defense against Trubisky and get uh, the gam the, the the gambler's fallacy stat in there as well. Yeah, home uh, home home underdogs twenty seven hundred dollars. I don't hate it by any means. Well, it's just like it's just like I if, at least my brain has a reason to like grasp onto like you know brains just they want to grasp the patterns and uh, you know teams traveling up in that mile high altitude they're just sucking wind they're like like every team sucks in this game. All right, so for me it's gonna be maybe you could almost play the only other one another home dog right now although they might be favorites at this point. I know they're not good, but. The Bengals at home, twenty six hundred. Like their defense was kind of good sure. last week. Yeah, why not? Why not? Just, just if you just grinded, if you just grinded home defenses and just avoided these, avoided these road defenses that are overpriced in tournaments, you'd be in a good spot. Yeah, well, I'm probably gonna end up going with two road defense. I like the Niners and I like the Jags. Like I said, <laughs> tough scene. I mean, I mean, if you want to just like, like, isn't aren't the Patriots just like the easiest ten points you'll ever get? Yeah, but I'm not looking for ten points. I guess. Um, you can't project defenses out that way, but I just don't know how much pressure they're necessarily going to generate here. Although they're just going to get the, the most possible uh, passing attempts against Feinberg brought this up on the spread show that if you go back and look at it, when uh, in, unless it's a bad separation from bill Belichick, from his old coordinators, he tends to go a bit easy on them. Mm, he didn't go. He didn't go easy on the, uh, he didn't go easy on the lions last year. He just lost to them. Yeah, like it's a tricky situation. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if he does that. He I, I think that that might be a little bit of a narrative uh, inclusion. He doesn't want to embarrass them, Davis. That's how do they? Nice. How do they do? I guess I would say, how do they do against the spread? I, I think I think against the spread, like they're not great ATS. I could just be making that up, though. I'm believing Feinberg on this. He may have created this stat. Yeah. If, if I would say, I would say, if they're if they're like you know, 80% against the spread or something as the dogs, that would get my interest. Hmm. No, maybe that's something for someone who has more time than me to look into or even cares a bit more. So, man, Niners, what, what'd you make of the skins team last week and the Dallas Keenum, defense? Keenum can always do this, right? Keenum, yeah. like we, I mean, Case Keenum has been a quarterback for his whole life and he's played it the same way his whole life. He just, he loves to throw the ball deep. He is a total gunslinger. And when he's got fast wide receivers who can beat defensive backs to their spots, he's going to look great sometimes. Uh, and other times he's just going to be super turnover prone. And uh, I mean, any team that tried to make him a game manager, like part of the reason he looked so horrible for the Rams looked so horrible for Denver last year was those teams tried to make him a game manager. And that's not, that's not what he is. That's not what he does. Do you think the Cowboys smash Washington then? Of course, yeah. So if that's that was, case, my, that, was the, that was the first bet I made this week was so, Dallas minus four and a half. So if that's the case, shouldn't Cowboys D be more on our radar? Like we didn't even bring them up. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just another thing where like I have them in all my seasonal leagues because they have the, they had the best starting stretch to yeah. the year. But I, I'm I'm very I'm take locked onto the Broncos 2.7k at home. Well, I'm just trying to trying to reverse engineer it. If you think that Dak is a good play and Zeke is a good play and that Dallas scores points in this game, still no Trent Williams on this offensive line. We know the pass rush is good, and this could be a situation where you get Keenum throwing the ball 40 times. That that sounds like fantasy goodness. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm on, I'm on, of course I'm on board. I think, I think a, a Dallas smash is in order. All right. Any final thoughts about the week two main slate? Uh, I mean, I just, I really hope we get good injury reporting on, uh, on, on Joe Mixon and, uh, you know, or that we get some sort of Gruden update on, oh, you know, we think, we think Josh Jacobs, you know, we really like him in the passing game. I, I, something like that would be uh, appreciated from the Raiders camp. Well, that is one of the worst John Gruden impressions of all. It was it was not even close to good. That yeah, was like that was like kind of more like my Bill Simmons impression. There's always just there's a go to. You have to you have to crush when you're doing these impressions. I do not do a good Gruden, but if you just start the sentence with "Here's a guy," and then you're well on your way to whatever the hell you were doing. Yeah, I need a I need a "Here's my guy" relative to the passing game with Josh Jacobs this week. That would be pretty useful in terms of allocating. Um, uh, exposure in tournaments. All right. So the, the last note on Joe Mixon before we get out of here, and we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, it's an ankle sprain, but it's a low grade sprain. And I'll have Dr. Jesse Morse on the show on Friday, and he can try to talk us to this. We don't have the actual news that's up. And I'll be live 9:30 a.m. on the DraftKings YouTube channel. You can catch it on demand on the iTunes feed after the fact. Remember to download that, by the way, even if you don't listen. But we'll I would almost prefer that we don't know until inactives come out on Sunday, because then the chalk won't go to Geo like it should, because that just never happens because people aren't paying attention. Uh, I mean, yeah, that would be fine by me because I will have I will have all my builds done like Joe Mixon is out by then. So that will be that will be just a okay by me. But if uh, I just I just really don't want to have to make a decision on. Well, I guess if Mixon is active, there is no decision. It just makes the slate a bit tougher. Mm -hmm. All right. Davis Maddock, follow him at Davis Maddock, follow him at Roto Experts and Daily Roto. Tell everyone like what you're doing. How many shows are you on now? Uh, you know, we do the, we do the sports grid fantasy football podcast every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And we got the swole cast, uh, that comes out. And then we also have, of course, the take cast, which is once a week. Yeah. Are you, are you guys digging it? There's a democratic debate coming up soon. Like, are, are we, are we going over odds here at some point? Uh, I, we could probably do that. I mean, we, can, we can look at them right now. I know that we're, we're done with football. People don't give a fuck about this, but if I can win some yeah. money, uh, yeah, bet everyone can look out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't really care for your political takes here, Davis. You can keep that out of it. But if we talk about Democratic candidate, Warren's now the favorite. Seems seems utterly shocking because everyone said she couldn't win like three months ago. I mean, I still don't think she's going to win. So Biden at plus 275 is probably the move. Can, can we just get, think, can we get my main man? Can we get my main man Yang to win? I just want to see him debate Donald Trump. That's all I want to see. I don't know. If, I don't know if he'd make it through one debate with Donald Trump. I don't know. Yeah, Yang seems like a pretty cool customer. No, I I like I like Yang a lot. He he he's one of the guys that I am like more interested in, like uh, just like hearing talk and hearing his ideas. And uh, but uh, Annie hates the Patriots, so that's a that's a huge boost for uh, for Andrew Yang. But I, mean, uh, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't, what would could Andrew Yang and Donald Trump even discuss with each other? Like, it feels like they are on different planes of existence. Yeah, they, they just live on two separate planets. <laughs> 
like they they like literally the Venn diagram of things that both of them would think about on the average day. Like I don't think would intersect at all. Like just looking at the overall here, like I think when we talked about this on your show, uh, I said that Trump at plus one ninety was value, and now he's still plus one ten. I still think that's value. I mean, Trump at Trump at anything to like minus one eighty one ninety ish would be the bet. I think it is. Kind of with like you very cl- like very clearly gonna win like especially if Warren ends up being the candidate I think he, I mean I I didn't think Trump would win in the first place so I have no idea about this but it just seems like oh if, if any if any woman or person of color wins the Democratic uh, nomination uh, I think that makes Trump even more of the betting market favorite I you you would see you would see a market move in his direction if a woman or person of color won the Democratic nomination. Maybe, but when you get to, like, just based on, like, some of the platforms, I don't think Harris can get out of the Democratic primaries, but I think she'd be a tough matchup for Trump. Well, it's true. She's a cop. So yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Uh, right, yeah. So actually, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that would actually move it more. But I, it would be interesting. I, I, I Regardless of how I personally feel about all of this, it, I'm very, like, I think I think political betting markets are fascinating. Well, I, I'm still trying to figure them out because when we did this through like the 2016 election, uh, it was just based off polling. But polling in today's day and age seems more wonky than it's ever seemed. Like everyone proclaims themselves an expert, but people legitimately don't know how people vote anymore. Uh, yeah, no. Th- and that's true. Like, like the Donald Trump election was something that like pollsters and people who set the markets like were like, I remember the night of you could still bet Trump at crazy prices. Yeah, like, like seven, six to like one, seven to one. Yeah, it was available on my book at six to one. But like I, the b- big one that I always pointed to was during the Democratic primaries was Bernie was like 28 to one to win Michigan and the polling had them within the margin of error. Like you can parlay some of these polling numbers into actually seeing and it's more it's better when it actually comes to actual primary betting. But if you just take emotion out of it and it does it, it seems like emotion is factored into the gambling lines of the actual. Oh, that's like, just like, that's just like real lines. It, it is, but it seems to be more skewed because I think fewer people are actually betting on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, that like, these are probably a lot of these are probably lower liquidity markets. Don't you think like how much could you, how much could you get down right now at, at your book on Donald Trump at uh, at plus one fifty? Do you want me to, I'll, I'll put in, put in, put in like 5k and see if they'll take it. They'll take 1k. They'll take 5k. Wow. So this is, that is legitimately wild to me because I kind of assumed this was like the player props market. where like, you know, if I, if I try and bet a hundred dollars on a Derek Henry under, it says I can only bet 50. Yeah. I think it's because so many people bet on football that they're trying to limit their exposure. I just don't think that people tackle like presidential. Well, no markets. player, player props are just like the absolute lowest liquidity market. So I, like, I just, I didn't know how the markets compared. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the closer we act because very few people are just jumping in to bet on this right now that I think yeah. probably the closer that you actually get into it. That's when they start capping bets. I don't know. I don't know how all this works. Yeah, see, I, I would be interested to talk to a lines maker who does politics stuff and not just sports stuff. I would I would be very curious as to what they had to say. All right, Davis Maddock, check him out at Davis Maddock on the Twitter machine and download the TakeCast. We do a swap where he downloads my show and doesn't listen. I download his show and not listen unless I monitor he's on mine. That's, that's usually- No, the I, I listen to your show. I don't listen to all of them, but I listen to 50 to 70% of them. I'm going to say, I'm a good 50-50 with you. You talk about soccer way too much for me to care. 
It's, I mean, hey, I, I, anyone who skips the soccer episodes, as long as you download, I don't care if you don't listen. Those are more done for my personal indulgement. Well, listen, I, I have you set to auto download, so we're all good to go. But anyway, if you want to become a subscriber at DailyRoto.com, they've made Davis a winning player somehow against all odds. You can get Isn't that 10, crazy. I know you can get ten percent off. Use the promo code the PME T H E P M E at checkout. And that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Download my show, enter the draw for 20 DK bucks. Two ways. One, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite value at any position on the DraftKings Week 2 main slate. Other than that, subscribe to the show for the audio version. Five-star review, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show. You too will be in a draw for 20 DK dollars. Winners announced every Monday on the Pat Mayo Experience Waiver Wire Show. That'll do it for me. Someone go win a million bucks, all right? I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.